Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodie fans, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? What have you been up to? Are you enjoying this lovely autumn we're having? You know, the 90-degree weather day, then the next day it's 58 degrees? I shouldn't say we. That's, you know, New Jersey. The collective we. The, the Queen's we? No, we're not part of a royal monarchy of sorts. We're the United States of America. Well, hopefully we've got listeners outside the United States of America. This is a podcast for everybody. We're all foodies. We should all be foodies. So yeah, what's going on? You guys getting ready for Halloween? What are you going to wear? I'm trying to think of... uh, Outfit I'm thinking... Outfit. The costume I'm thinking of right now is the uh, chef from Wet Hot American Summer. Because, well, hey, it's food related, so trying to have some fun with that. And then, uh, he's got a beard. I've got a beard. I like being as true to my costume, to my character as I can be. So I, I kind of pigeon my, pigeonhole myself on that one. But, you know, nonetheless, I love Halloween. I love dressing up. I love candy, 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 candy. You guys remember that, uh, special from last year that I did my first solo episode? That was, well, go back and re-listen to it. Maybe, maybe it aged well. Maybe it didn't age well at all. Who knows? I'll have to go back and listen to it. Anyway, we've got a fun one today, a silly one, a delightful one. Delightful, as, 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 uh, oh god, why am I blanking on his name right now? How I Met Your Mother, we'll cover him in five-year engagement, Jason Siegel, there we go. As Jason Siegel says, delightful. It's a delightful movie we're covering, and it's a delightful guest I have on, Joe Two of the Cage Club Podcast Network, so many podcasts he's a part of. Uh, Before we get into it, guys, I just want to remind you, brush your teeth. Yes, I'm reminding you to brush your teeth. I went to the dentist today. I am lucky I did not have a cavity, but I haven't visited the dentist in quite some time, and that's no good. I had a lot of plaque buildup. I'm sure this is all stuff you guys really want to hear. My plaque buildup. But nonetheless, go to the dentist, especially after Halloween, Valentine's Day, Easter, all those candy holidays. But without further ado, here I go with Joe 2. Adieu, Joe 2. There we go. Rhymes. Joe, Joe 2 to be specific. Thank you for being here on Foodie Films. What's happening? Thanks for having me, man. I've been 
I've been excited to come join at some point. So I'm yeah, to be here. Um, Joe two. Let's just explain. I mean, the Joe versus Joe two. Give your little history of the you know the Cage Club uh, network family that you're a part of and how you came to be and all that. Um, well, Joey had hit me up one time. They had just finished like the original Cage Club. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how I really wanted him to watch We Are Your Friends, the Zac Efron DJ movie, which <laughs> I find to be an incredible work of art. And I was telling him he must watch this movie immediately. And we were just, you know, just bullshitting. And then he was like, hey, you want to talk about Zef, like, in a podcast because they just finished Cage Club stuff? I was like, yeah, sure. So we were doing the first episode of of Zach Tack, and he said, I'm Joey Lewandowski, and I said, I'm Joe 2. <laughs> there we go. And he born. just, and he, and he took it from T-O-O, which is what I had initially said to Oh, know, a Joe as well. Yes, I was saying ah. I'm Joe as well, and then we just stuck with Joe 2, because I, I think that works, so. Yeah, I like, it's a good, like, kind of nickname. I mean, you know, he is Joey, so you could have just been Joe. Yeah. But... It, it, I mean, that's what I know you as now. Like, I mean, it works fine, man. It, it works. You, yeah. You guys have. I mean, between I, I, I've been. You know, we get the monthly report. It seems like too fast to, uh, to forever. I always want to say too fast, yeah. too furious. Uh, too fast to forever is just is killing, and you guys are. Uh, I mean just enjoying every single lap of those movies in the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise. <laughs> yeah, so Kyle was on. We Joey and I do uh, a podcast, Too Fast, Too Forever, where we watch uh, each Fast and the Furious movie in a row, cyclically, over and over again as a lap. And um, I love it. I think it's a good time. You were on. Brian's been on. Uh, you know, we have Kara on from Wistful Thinking this lap. You know, she's never seen them before, but yeah, that's, that's what we mainly focus on. And it, it's been a blast. Like people seem to like it. We get, you know, some emails and stuff. So it's cool. That's awesome. I, I, I want to just read out right now, br- briefly, your, um, uh, profile, uh, what, what, what would this be called? On, like on the Cage Club Podcast Network, we each had to kind of oh. write a little, a little bio of ourselves. Yes. I think so. So the deal was for these. I think that I, I wrote most of Joey's and definitely Mike Manzi's. Okay. And I wrote like a rough outline of mine, and I think Joey like filled in like a lot more of the stuff. But yeah, go ahead. Okay. So Joe too prefers life in a shroud of semi anonymity. Anonymity. There we go. To yeah. hide his debaucherous lifestyle from the world, or at least to make it a bit more difficult to find out who he truly is when not abusing airline mile systems to fund nearly cost-free ventures around the u.s to get beer or to nearly cost-free ventures around the world to drink beer true so that's that's the big part i want i will finish it though that's the big part i wanted to chime in on but joe is likely watching a lifetime movie or telling you that you should watch more lifetime movies <laughs> true one of the internet's foremost thought leaders on all things Zach Efron. Uh, Joe is Jack Daniels' bottom bitch and would rather be barbecuing. A candy gremlin, his favorite holiday is the day after Valentine's Day. Shout out, Rachel. Yes. 
that was a hard journey for me. I'm not much of a public speaker, so that's great that I have a podcast. Uh, but there's some key things in there. I mean, let's just talk about all of it. But I mean, it's, it it focuses around food, right? It is a very food centric bio. So what's yeah? What's your journey of food? When was when did food become more than just something I like to ask people? More than just like you know sitting down with your family. When did you go like, oh my god, these are my favorite things, and let's talk about traveling for beer and all that. Okay. Um. For me, like, my parents, like, we grew up eating a ton of Italian food, Mm -hmm. so it wasn't, like, super adventurous. I mean, like, my mom ate some different things. Um, My dad's pretty, like, you know, strict diet of, like, meat, potatoes, and pasta type things, and um, I think that when, like, when I was uh, maybe, like, a sophomore or something Mm -hmm. in high school... I had spent a summer away um, at Brown University. They did, like, a summer program. So you could go there and spend the whole summer there. And, like, when I was a kid, I would try to, like, leave for as much of the summer as possible every summer. Okay. That was, like, always my goal. And um, I remember, like, when I was there, we were there for, you know, two months. So I would be with, like, all of these kids from other places. And they'd be like, yo, we're like, you know, we had, like, dining like, you know, the not normal dining package for the school, but, like, there's also, like, restaurants and stuff around, and they would always be like, hey, do you want to, like, go eat with us? Like, we're going to get Indian food, and, like, I wouldn't have eaten Indian food before. Sure. But, like, I didn't want to be left out, right? And I was, like, a, you know, 14, 15 kind of year old kid, so I would be like, yeah, sure, I'll go get Indian food, but, like, have no fucking idea what was there, but, like, just to not be left out. And that's when, like, I started trying a bunch of crazy new things because, like, all of these kids, you know, were, like, coming from more food, like, foodie-type places. You know, like, they were growing up in California, New York, Mm -hmm. and, like, in Pittsburgh, where I grew up, like, we didn't have, like, at least I wasn't looking for, like, nice food places to eat at the time. So when I came back, I was, like, eyes opened, you know, and, like, I would be, like, craving different things. Then I would keep traveling in the summers and, like, spent a summer in Japan. So I was eating a ton of Japanese food there. And, like, oh, then I just... Aw- that's awesome. Where'd you go to in Japan? Just all over? Um, yeah, uh, all over, mostly in Tokyo, like, in all the, you know, did surrounding you neighborhoods. No, I did not Tokyo drift, but I saw tons of cool cars when I was there. Okay. But, yeah, so, like, that was, I think that's when, like, I started to click with food. Then I would come home and I'd start craving stuff, like, weird Japanese foods that I wasn't getting at home. And, like, you know, I would find, like, an Asian market, start buying some stuff. And then eventually when, like, I moved and I'm here with Rachel, like, we cook a ton. So we try Mm -hmm. a bunch of things, cook a ton now. But, yeah, I think it was just, like, it was the, the want to not be left out in social occasions that led me to find, like, a great love of interesting foods yeah no that's i mean that's how it is for a lot of people they you know if they're not necessarily you know my parents yeah i mean my mom definitely really didn't cook much outside of italian or just your standard american dishes yeah you know but i mean i'm sure we would get some takeout but never anything crazy you know like i mean chinese food but it's like again that's even like american chinese food so exactly but definitely in high school, maybe like late middle school. But I remember even just the first time I had sushi was with like a friend. We just like were hanging out during the day and he's like, we stopped by some Asian market and he's just like, 
and he's like, oh, I'm going to grab some food here. And I'm, I just kind of felt like, like I was going to be like, he was going to look at me like I was like a wuss or something. Exactly. I, like, I don't eat sushi. And the first sushi I ever ate was eel. It's like, <laughs> you <would> th- <laughs> good start. Like you, like you would think it would even be, I mean, they, Hey, they even make like, you know, I mean, chicken sushi, but I mean, you could have, I could have had like shrimp tempura. Yeah. Something real simple. Yeah, yeah. Something real shrimp. Yeah. Real simple, like shrimp. And no, I went with the eel. <laughs> and unagi and unagi. uh yeah and the and the journey began but that's that's awesome and so wow traveling around japan that's i i'm very jealous that's uh i've i've been to thailand and i've been to shanghai as far as uh oh japan's a great food city man i yeah. mean like sorry tokyo is a great food city japan is a great food country but both of them are just awesome so tons of good food there and like you, a, so you travel the U.S. a lot for all different uh, beers, it sounds like? Yeah, or? so um, we, I got into Gaming Airline Miles to fund, like, trips, right? Because we had moved, we didn't have much money, and I was like, hey, I was reading about it, and, you know, like, I like to read, like, weird things at, at night, so I was, like, reading about this, and I was like, I think I can make this work, man. <laughs> so, so you're like um, Adam Sandler and Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, yeah, I was like, dude, like, I think I could fuck it, like, I, I think I got it. So, I started, like, saving up airline miles, and then, like, just doing different things, and I set it up to a point where, like, now we sit on a ton of airline miles, um, we've been a bunch of places for free, uh, you know, like, we were just, we just got back from Italy, we're going to Hawaii soon again. Oh, awesome. Yeah, and, like, so, like, it makes it a lot easier when you don't pay for these. And another subcosm, like, another part of this is that if I'm not paying for flights and hotels when I'm there, I like to splurge on food, right? Because, like, I have all this money that I'm not paying on, like, paying for, like, staying and traveling. So I'm like, dude, I got all this money. We can go eat at, like, dope restaurants and stuff like that. So we do that, but, um, but my friends are really into beer, and so a lot of these breweries do, like, very rare limited release beers, Mm -hmm. And um, we would always want to try them. And a lot of times there's like a secondary market for these beers. And, you know, they could have bottles that sell for six hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars $800,000 a bottle, right? Wow. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. because, you know, like they'll be like small batch, uh, bourbon barrel aged, like crazy beers, you know, like super high percentage stout, stuff like this. And they're hard to get. And, you know, if if they only have like 200 of them or something – and, you know, most of the people that are there drink them. There's only probably, like, you know, a couple in the market. So we were like, man, we really want to try these beers, but we, we don't want to pay. Like, we don't have $600 to spend to split a bottle of beer between the four of us, right? Yeah. So um, what we started doing is we were like, well, we do have all these airline miles, though, so we have an advantage on everyone else is that we can fucking just go there and just yeah. do it. So there's, like, you know, different beer releases and, like, all kinds of stuff like that. So what we would do is we would like enter the beer contest or like buy tickets for it, whatever. And then uh, Matt and a bunch of us would go, but like we would do stuff like fly out to California in the morning and spend like a day in LA, drive to Bottle <laughs> Logic, pick up our beers, get in and out, and then fly home the same night. And we'd be back like by the next morning. So like Man, we would like you need leave. to make. I want to like come with you next time and like make a little documentary about it. This is sound this sounds awesome. It sounds like a heist movie. D- oh yeah, it was so much fun. <laughs> like yeah, so we would like get on the plane, it would be like a six o'clock, like we land in LA, it's like I think like ten or eleven, and then we would yeah. like go grab the car. The brewery would just be opening. We'd go like go and sit there 
And then, like, we'd, like, leave in the middle, go get in and out like, sit there some more, have friends come meet us, and, like, drink all day. And then we'd be like, oh, fuck, it looks like it's time for our flight. And we would just, like, <laughs> pack all the beers back up. And we would, oh, we would travel, like, with, like, an empty suitcase or, like, yeah. a suit. It would be, like, one suitcase full of beer because we'd, like, give beers to the people that are there and, like, trade beers, whatever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because yeah, we'd be like, dude, we picked these beers up yesterday in Connecticut. You're not going to get it faster than this. These are like the freshest New England IPAs you can get right now. Like nobody else has them. And they're like, fuck yeah. So we'll trade you some of these beers that you're coming here to buy. And then we would like take bubble wrap and a roll of tape. And yeah. then we would sit in the trunk of the car and fucking wrap all these bottles back up, throw them in the suitcase, check the bag, head home. We'd like land the next morning. We'd be like, okay, we're good. Like that was a fun trip. Wow. That's awesome. That's the closest I ever got to that was like, I got a friend that lives up in Vermont and I stopped in this country store and I was wearing a, uh, a yingling hat and I was stopping in this country oh, store nice. right, right, right before, uh, you know, like, uh, le- leaving the state and I was picking up some, you know, Vermont has such great beer and the guy says to me like, Oh, you know, like where are you from? I'm like, Jersey. He's like, oh, I used to live in Jersey. He's like, yeah, you know, like, we really don't have yingling up here. And I'm like, yeah, really? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, and I'm like, well, uh, you know, like next time I come up, cause I, you know, I go up at least, I don't know, three times in the winter, three times in the summer to visit my friend. And, oh yeah. Uh, Vermont's I, awesome. Yeah. And I was just like, I'll bring up some cases. He's like, oh, you bring up some cases for me. I'll, I'll trade some with you. I'm like, okay, fine. Cool. That's awesome. Beer dudes are cool like that. They're really chill. They usually. are. What's like the craziest beer experience you've had in these travels? Um. Oh. Uh. The cra- The craziest beer experience we had was we flew to Iowa to go to Toppling Goliath for a release of Morning Delight, and so it's a a maple stout that they released, and mm-hmm. it hadn't been released that many times when we went, but we were like, we're going to fucking Iowa, so we fly into Minnesota. It's like it, yeah, we we fly into Minnesota. We dri- we drive to Iowa, so it's like you fly, then you drive like a two. Because there's no fucking place to fly into Iowa. Like even like mm-hmm. Des Moines is like an hour from this brewery. So we're like, okay, whatever. We drive there. We get there early in the morning, and we had told everyone we were coming. Like we were in like all of these like Facebook groups. Like we're coming. We're gonna bring a bunch of beers from Connecticut. You know, like actually, what we what my friend said was, our one friend Matt had an Android phone. And we said, like, look, if you find us and you tell us that girls don't respond to green text bubbles, we'll give you a beer. But, like, you have <laughs> to find Matt and say that to him, and, like, we'll give you a beer. And it's so, like everybody would walk up and be like, hey, is Matt here? He'd be like, yeah. He'd be like, girls don't respond to green text bubbles. We'd be like, we know. And Matt's like, I know. <laughs> like, he would be, like, so disappointed <laughs> by it. And so he just got, like, harassed all day. And we were, like, we were there. We're drinking, and um, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning. We hadn't eaten, right, because we fly in, and we just drive straight to the brewery. Yeah. So, oh, so this, like, this bar next to them was having a bottle share. So at the bar, if you paid, like, 10 or 15 bucks because it's Iowa, you could bring in all the beers that you wanted and drink your own beers at this bar. Wow. Yeah, like, it's part of this release. It's not, like, an everyday type thing. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. But, like, because, you know, they knew, like, a bunch of people would be coming in, whatever, whatever. So we did that. And it's like 11 o'clock in the morning, and we are fucking hammered. <laughs> and when we were driving there, I was like, this part of Iowa reminds me of rural Pennsylvania. Like, do you guys, like, have you guys ever been to, like, Lancaster and stuff like that? Because, like, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so, like, I've driven through that part before. And they're like, no. And I was like, oh, so, you, like, you don't know about, like, Amish country? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, like, 
the Amish are really like cool, and they have this thing that's really awesome. It's called Rumspringa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I like had to teach them about what Rumspringa was. So it's eleven o'clock in the morning. We're standing on these tables in this bar, hammered, yelling Rumspringa forever. <laughs> <laughs> and these kids that were from Iowa are just so confused, right? Because we're from Connecticut. We have, like, a bunch of beer that we're passing out. And, like, everything's super cheap there. So we're, like, you know, like, fucking buying everything, right? Because, like, as soon as you leave the Northeast, it's, like, you're just, like, a baller for no yeah. reason. Because, like, if, you know, beers are $2 now. You're, like, fuck it. I'll buy, like, here. Everybody gets a beer. They're like, here's a 20 whatever. You know? Like, so we're doing stuff like that. Then we, like, go over to the brewery. I fell down a hill, uh, <laughs> and I couldn't walk. Like, I had, like, fucked my knee up really good. And um, we just, like, were obliterated, and we had to drive back, you know, two hours back. So I, like, start driving, and I'm like, Matt, uh, how many how many eyes are you looking out of right now? Or, like, no, I was like, Matt, how many, how many can you see right now? He was like, one. And I was like, cool, I'm seeing double. You can drive. So... <laughs> He was like, shit. And I was like, you're the one who fucking answered. So, like, so he drives back, and um, we woke up. We didn't pack any of the beers. We literally just threw them in cardboard in the suitcases, and we flew home. They all arrived safe. And Wow. Yeah. I think that was, like, the rowdiest time. Like, my friends still tell about the time that I fell down the hill. Like, I rolled straight. Like, there was, like, a... There was a place where you parked that was, like, on the side of a road, and then it was, like, a grade, right, that, like, went down. Yeah. And it, it was, um... It was like maybe like the end of summer, kind of fall, like the beginning of fall type that. And so there was these like really long like grasses, right? Because we're in Iowa. So it's like these really high yeah. grasses. And um, as I was walking to the car, I had already fucked up my knee because I tried to like hop this fence and like that's that's when I fell. So like I was walking to the car and I'm trying to get in the passenger seat because I'm like, I can't drive. So I get to this grade and my knee just gives out and I just tumble. I mean like full ragdoll down this hill, like eight feet down it. Yeah. But like I was drunk enough that like my body just flailed. Like I didn't even, (laughs) I didn't even get hurt. I just like, I, I remember head over heels, everything. And so my buddy, so like my my buddy Zach's in the passenger seat, just dying, right? Cause he saw me roll down the hill. I'm like, Matt's like, are you okay? I'm like, just go on without me. And they're like, we can't leave you on the side of the road in Iowa. Like just we have leave to come. Me a six pack and- <laughs> yeah, I was like, just go home without me. Like I'm not gonna make it back up this hill. So like, my buddy came down, dragged me back up this hill, and I was like, oh there. And I'm like, Matt, do you have my glasses? And he was like, what? And I was like, shit, I don't have my glasses. And then he like went down and found them in these like four foot high grass. He found them. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Those it was are incredible. Just- those are some crazy journeys. I, I, I need to f- figure out from you. I need, I need you to like help me with this world of, uh, I mean, getting these miles because I'm traveling all the time and I'm an idiot paying for every single oh, thing. I, have I mean, I find good deals by all means. Like I'm going to New Orleans. Uh, this will, yeah, this is coming out this Wednesday. So it'll be uh, a week from now. I'll be in New Orleans for cool. Uh, I love New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, it's my favorite city. And I'm going, I'm seeing tenacious D. So excited. very cool. And, uh, and I found a round trip flight for, you know, like a hundred dollars. So that's yeah. really cheap. That's yeah. And especially where you are, but like Rachel and I, what was it? Okay. So like my Hawaii flights, two round trip flights to Hawaii, $22. What? Yeah, well, thirty thousand miles and twenty-two dollars. Okay, yeah. So yeah. And um, when we went to Italy, we flew business class both ways, lie flat seats, for like, 
like 150000 and like $186 for both of them. That's for amazing. For like taxes and fees. Yeah, man. I, I can hook it up. No worries. Yeah, I need to f- figure that out from you. And then next time you go on one of these beers, I'm not trying to invite myself along, but... Inv- oh, no, invite, definitely. Invite. You're welcome to join. <laughs> yeah. My friends were just... They literally were... They, they just got back yesterday from Great American Beer Fest in Denver. I didn't go with them because I'm going to be doing oh, some other yeah. traveling. But they were at that one. So, yeah, That's they cool. we still go all over. It's a lot of fun. Like, you just have to find these, like, weird niche places. You have Kane near you guys, which does some stuff. But the yeah. flying ones are fun. They're just, like, bros trips, right? Like, Rachel didn't care. Like, she doesn't want to join for, like, a, a same-day turnaround 12-hour yeah, trip for, for beer. Yeah, it's for bros, beers, and rolling down hills, you know? Yeah, dude. Like, we would just, like, go and just be, like, wild. You know, rum spring of forever, man. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Need to make t-shirts. Uh, do, do you know anyone that made their way out? I wanted to go so bad out to uh, Ten Barrel in Oregon because they had that Blockbuster beer. Oh, Did you no. see anything about that? No, what was this? So, blo- it was... Um, the last Blockbuster Alive or something? Yeah, exactly. And it was, okay. prob- I don't know, probably like last late winter, maybe early spring, and it was closing, and then Ten Barrel, you know, brewery out in Oregon, and the... And the uh, Last Blockbuster was somewhere in Oregon. They teamed up and they made uh, like a, a you know limited edition beer, and it was just awesome <laughs> because it, it's just a straight up like blue and yellow like with the Blockbuster logo <laughs> on it. It's awesome. Yeah, because they don't give a fuck anymore. So exactly, and it's just it looked awesome. And I was like, can we like can I buy it and you ship it? And they're like, no, we're no. only doing it at certain you know. Yeah. You can't. I, like, I just you usually... want. I just want the bot. Like I wanted the bottle more than the beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Next, find one of these. We usually go to like, you know, there's like hype breweries. What in one of the next ones I want to go to is there's this brewery in Anchorage, and they oh, release a barley wow. wine called A Deal with the Devil, and I want to go out there and and drink one of those because I yeah. haven't had one yet. Go but out yeah, there, you can't drink some beers, wrestle a Kodiak grizzly bear. <laughs> like I've never been to Alaska, so I'm like, dude, that would be a really cool fucking spot to do like a beer, like you know. And then you turn that one into like a weekend, right? Or like yeah. at least like three, four days, and you hang out there and just like drink beers, man. I'm telling you, man, by doing by doing this podcast and talking with people, I always hear such great stories, and I just and just the way my mind works, I'm like, that could be a show. This is like the number <laughs> one idea ever of like, this is a show. How what? is this not a show? Like beer adventures? Yeah, like just these like one day trip. Like it, it's it's a journey itself because it's, it's not. It's, um, it's... What is it? The layover by Anthony Bourdain, but yeah, with beer. Exactly. It's like if you have one day in this town, these are the breweries you go to, and it's like, yeah, it's awesome. And do you guys like when you bring the beers back? Then do you try to like? Did you ever? Do you enjoy them just yourselves, or do you ever try like? flip them for any kind of monetary value? We've done value both. Or? We've done both. So normally what we would do is we I, – I never sold a beer, but we've definitely traded – so like we would go out gotcha. there. And if we go to California, it would be like you know maybe it's three beers a person. Mm-hmm. I would get three. My buddy Matt would get three. We would take some beers out there. We'd try to trade. We'd come back with nine. Okay, and it's okay. like, damn, like nobody outside of California has nine right now because, like, even if you're trading, you're gonna get one, and yeah. if you have a buddy, like, maybe you get two. So, like, coming back with like nine of them, we would just be like, oh shit, and then we would turn those, we would take like you know whatever batch that we got like a stock of, and we'd be like, okay, these are the beers we do want also, and then we would get all of those ones. We would trade them for you know something somebody else wanted that we didn't get that maybe came out in another rare release somewhere that we didn't go to. 
So we got to try a ton of like very exclusive rare beers like that, just because like, you know, we'd have like stockpile of one type and then we would just like flip them for other stuff, but never for money. Although we could, my dad always would get really mad at me for not selling them. I'd be like, dad, like these beers are worth like $400 a bottle. And he's like, so you going to sell them? I'd be like, no, we're going to drink them. And he's like, (laughs) God damn it. Like he'd be so mad. Just disappointed him as a son in that moment. (laughs) <laughs> you need to have and then, no and then you know it needs to be the capper to like this every like season then you need to have like a fancy party and invite people oh, over for like you know yeah we've had we've had some of these we've had like um so then you get into these like cliques right and yeah. there's like only certain groups of dudes that will have like five six hundred dollar bottles and they're like roll deep. So there was like I had a buddy in Stamford, Connecticut, like uh, north of the city, and and he and his group of friends would have like these beer shares, but they would be like really rowdy ones, like only five hundred dollar bottles at least, right? And then like I would come down with Zach, and we'd bring a couple bottles, and then we would drink like you know a couple thousand dollars worth of beer that night because everybody would like bring like one or two very expensive bottles, mm-hmm. and you just like lay them all out, and you're just drinking these like crazy ass beers that are you know, impossible to get, super expensive, and everybody's, like, just crushing them, and we're like, oh, yeah, that was a fun night. (laughs) You know, you you just, like, do it for the gram, man. That's what you're flexing for, right? Yeah, you guys are just rolling into all these great breweries, like some Irish gypsies into France. How do you like that transition? (laughs) There you go. There we go. All right. Here we are at the movie we're talking about today, Chocolat. Yeah. Right, that's how you're supposed to say it, not like... Chocolat. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely... It has to be sultry, for sure. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever seen uh, I Love You, Man? Yes. It always reminds me of I Love You, Man. He's like, <laughs> I'm going home and watching Chocolat. And he's like, you mean chocolate? No, Chocolat. And at the end, he's like, I watched Chocolat. It was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> was it delightful for you, Joe, too? Yes. Yeah, so we were talking about movies and like what we were, what movie we were going to pick. Um... I saw Chocolat, and, and I had remembered that I only saw this movie once, and I saw it in probably the, the best context you could see it, which is, like, on a Saturday afternoon with your mom, right? Like, this <laughs> that's is like, exactly, that's pretty much how I watched it. Right? This is, like, this is a time. movie, yeah, this is a movie that your mom would have been like, oh, I heard great things about this, Johnny Depp's in it, and you're like, ah, okay, Johnny Depp. So, like, you start watching it with your mom, and it's, like, essentially a Lifetime movie that just has Johnny Depp, and you're like, okay. But so I hadn't seen it since I watched it with my mom and and, and her and I have like a, a really great laugh about this movie all the time that like, you know, I'm like, oh man, like shock there's like some of these movies like Shock a lot, Unfaithful, Under the Tuscan Sun. Like these are like the movies yeah. that like make me think of her. Yeah, really, yeah. Any Diane Keaton movie. Diane or, Keaton for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um Or so, Diane Lane, that's what I meant. Wait, no, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 There we go. I knew what you meant. I, I can yeah. see her face. <laughs> um so, I watched this again today, and I was like, this is a fucking delightful movie. Like, it's really good. I Like, I really enjoyed it. Like, it's just it's just lighthearted, and it's, like, definitely a Saturday afternoon movie still. Rachel watched it for the first time was like, this is a movie you'd watch with your mom. Like, totally unprovoked. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what this movie is. Um, yeah, it's just a movie. I mean, it came out in 2000, and so we're – this is – Pre Captain Jack Sparrow, he is he's referred to as a the, like I he love is a pirate. When, yeah, he says pirate. She's like, oh, I think he's the captain. So it was a little foreshadowing there. <laughs> I know. Uh, right? 
<laughs> but this is just a delightful movie and it has like it is the the perfect kind of like romantic movie to watch if you're going to ha- like watch one with your mom like it's not you know like there's no like crude sex scenes cuz no. it it's 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 sexual but it's like it's not very sexual yeah yeah it's very, yeah it's 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 chocolate and uh <laughs> <laughs> this movie uh the director I am going to butcher his name uh, it's spelled L-A-S-S-E is the first name. La- Lassie? La- Lassie, yeah, but he's he's Swedish, so it's got to be something, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. And then ha- Halastrom, I believe is how you would pronounce his last okay. name. Yeah, the Swedish uh, ones would get me too, yeah. man. He's yeah. married to the character of Josephine, the one that ends up coming in and helping uh, Vivian. Oh, the the battered wife. Yes. Okay. That's and that's not a it's not a baking joke that you said battered. Wife. No, no, um, it's not. They don't bake. They just make chocolate. Yes. Uh, and so this director, he also directed What's Eating Gilbert Grape. So there's your oh. Johnny Depp connection. The Cider House Rules. Salmon These are all food fish- named. I know salmon fishing <laughs> in the Yemen. Then and then the most, <laughs> and then his most uh, recent uh, film that we'll definitely be covering and doing a full episode on the Hundred Foot Journey. Damn. So those are he. This guy is a foodie. La- Lassie Hollistrom. I don't know if that's how you say your name. You're a foodie. He is we for gotta, sure, man. To quote our podcast network's Godfather, we got a podcast for you. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, yeah, like this is this is a pretty solid cast, and we don't even get Johnny Depp until like 50 minutes into it. He's not, so- you know. Yeah, this is this is what I was remembering when I watched this movie that I remembered my connotation of this movie from the one time I had watched it before was that Johnny Depp ruined this movie. And <laughs> and and I remembered now why I was thinking that and it's just because he's so useless in the film. Like he's only like they pitch this as a Johnny Depp movie. He's on the cover of this movie, right? Yeah. But he's really only in this movie for 20 minutes at the most, like an hour at the in. Most. And like you said, he doesn't really contribute. Number one, I totally forgot that he has like an Irish accent. I shouldn't even call. I would like. One it's a Johnny Depp down, accent. I was like the people going in and out of French and Irish accents in this yes. movie is ridiculous. Yes, they do switch a lot. Yeah. Why not just make him French? I mean, he was living. I mean, he's Mister French to begin with. He was living in France at the time, and he's all yeah. You know, like I don't know, man. I don't know. Like. Those are some small boats to get to. I-, I know Ireland is you know across like a sea, but like. I don't know. It just seems a little <laughs> hopping yeah. around. They're gypsies. Yeah, but... yeah. They're just boat gypsies. So like, come on, man. Let and it this ride. Is, this is like a strong female-driven movie, and he it's really very... doesn't. Yes. He doesn't serve really any purpose. I mean, I I, I wrote down this movie is like uh, what, did, what what did I put? I was like, it's like Mary Poppins meets like Pleasantville. <laughs> That's like, yeah. There you go, man. I I I just called it like um, slutty chocolate town, because like that's because she just came in and gave everyone boners with the chocolate, and I was like, I like this town. This is a pretty cool little town now. Yeah, just like little by little. That's like that's the Pleasantville aspect of it. You know, little by little, they get you know they go from black and white to color by eating this yep. this chocolate. And I lo- and there is like a little bit, and then the Mary Poppins esque because she comes in on the North Wind or whatever. Yes. Uh, and then you know just like her whole spoonful of sugar and everything like that, and then yep. she's kind of fixing the town like that as well. And there's a little bit of magic to it, like she spins the bowl, but then she gives up on that and she just knows automatically. <laughs> 
what the people's... guessing the the guessing except the for Johnny Depp, she can't read them. She can't read them, man. He's there was, like a... but then there was nothing more. Like there was nothing else. That's like my biggest no. uh, gripe or Gilbert's gripe uh, with, <laughs> with the movie. Sorry, low hanging fruit. Too oh good, my god, yeah. that was another bad joke. <laughs> um, but no, he does. Yeah. He comes back. He comes back in later, and he and when he comes back in the second time, like when he like revisits, he says. Mmm, hot chocolate. That's my favorite, and that's like the whole payoff. Yeah, he has like the two. He the first time he has just like the little like ganache thing, truffle like, something. Truff, yeah, yeah, truffle. Yeah, truffle thing. And then she brings him something on the boat before they make some sweet, passionate love. And then there's a fire after the love making. Yes. Uh, and then and then the last thing, yeah, when he when he comes back to town, because then he just disappears. And then he's just gone. Decided. They don't say buy nothing. Like yeah, his, his boats burned down. And also, I was like, look, if you wanted to get rid of the pirates, the pirate immigrants on your coast, burning their homes down is not the way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Let go of the anchors at night or something. Send them a few, and they'll just be like, ah, we're a mile down the river. Let's exactly. No, they just like burn their houses down. But then they also all leave. Like they, I thought they would have been camped out on like the the shore just partying, yeah. right? Well, Peter Stormore's character is not exactly the most, you know, br- the, the the brightest person of Sergi Sergey. Yeah, yeah. I was husband. I was wondering, and I and like I was like Rachel, is that um, John Abruzzi from Prison Break? Because we've been seeing him pop up in a lot of movies, and it is so. Like I was like, oh fuck yeah, I forgot that that's definitely him from Prison Break. But I forget what else movie we were just watching, and he was in too. But yeah, he plays like the dumbest person in France throughout this yeah. movie. Well, he's he's in, I mean, like, the, what was that, Bad Boys 2. He's in Arma- so many movies, Armageddon. Yeah. Yep. Fargo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Lebowski. Like, you know, yeah. Yes, Big Lebowski too. I forgot about that. Yeah. Give us some money, Lebowski. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, it is a great cast. We got Juliet uh, Binoche, Binoche, Ganache, I don't know. Uh, Judy, Dame Judy Dench. Sorry, almost yeah. didn't include Judy that. Dench, Rachel was really excited about that one for sure. Yeah. I like Judy Dench, and she's great in this movie too. Me too, and I'm curious. I mean, she's still with us. I'm curious. It almost seems like I've, I don't know if you've seen the movie A Hundred Foot Journey, but that's with no, Dame Hel- Helen Mirren, and oh, I was just like Yale's finest. She's yeah. a she's a woman after my own heart. She's ah. there are picture her pictures on the wall all through the city. Wow. Yeah. And now she's in your uh, beloved Fast and Furious. Oh, no, sorry, not Helen Mirren. Sorry, fuck, not that one. Um, uh, The other one, shit, what's her name? Oh, fuck. It's a, the, another dame? The other the other lovely old, old female actress. Oh, god damn it, I can't think of her name. Like, the other famous one. <laughs> I'm like, forgetting the one other famous one. Give, like not Helen Mirren, but the other one. White hair was in movies forever. Uh, oh come on! Give me like a movie she was in that you can picture her in. We'll she, she didn't she play? She was in Devil Wears Prada. Didn't she play Cruella Deville? Uh wait, no. Uh, Devil no, Wears Prada. Prada. That's Meryl Streep. And yep, Chris. that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, Meryl Streep is Yale's finest. Sorry. Oh, okay. So not British yes. and not a Dame. Yeah, not a British and not a Dame. Yes. Okay, but she's fantastic. Yeah, I I confuse Meryl Streep and um and Helen Mirren a lot. Like I just like m- cross them in my head because I think they kind of look the same. So like although they're very very different, like at this point I'm just like oh yeah, like there's two great elderly 
female actresses that I really love. So, yeah, sorry. That's okay. She was in a co- she was in uh, you know cooking movie the uh, Julie and Julia. So she was definitely we love wrong foodie films. But uh, and then we've also we also get a pre Doc Ock uh, Alfred Molina in this movie. Oh, that's right. So this yeah, this definitely was before Spider Man. So he wasn't Doctor Octopus yet. That's right. And we get a just post Matrix Carrie Ann Moss. That one Rachel got. I recognize her face. And I was like, who is this? And she's like, it's Trinity. I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this is a year after The Matrix, so... Right? Matrix is not... This movie... Yeah, yeah, this movie came out at a really weird time then. It like, is a weird... Yeah. Like, it did well. these people were super... Fa- yeah, I, yeah, it definitely did do well. I remember it, that. It got five Oscar nominations. It Shit. Made, made back, like, a lot of money, you know? Yeah, damn. So, what, see, what, are, you, are you a chocolate person? I am. I'm. I'm. Uh, I like. I like candy. Mm-hmm. I think candy and chocolate are separate. Do you understand my my sayings yes. here? Yes. I mean, well, there's there's chocolate candy, but then there's chocolate. Yes. Yeah. There's like so you you have like on one end of the spectrum you have like Sour Patch Kids. Oh, on sure. On the other yeah. on the other end of the spectrum you have like dark chocolate bars, and then like M and M's are in the middle somewhere, right? Okay. Yeah. But like. For me, Rachel will get upset because I'll be like, oh, I want some candy, but, like, I'll have just eaten, like, a bowl of chocolate ice cream. And she's like, well, you just had dessert. And I'm like, yeah, but that was chocolate. This <laughs> is candy. Yeah, it's, like, a, it is a, it's a different food group. It's a completely different – it's a completely separate idea in my head. Yeah, the ice cream actually has a bit nutritional value to it. The candy does it's not. It's nothing, just pure sugar, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pure, like, you know, manufactured sugar versus, like – Maybe you have some natural ingredients in the ice cream. Yeah, exactly. But one of so, the few things, there wasn't a, like, a lot of tr- IMDb trivia or whatever, but supposedly Johnny Depp only likes like fake chocolate, not like, like so close so to he likes, like Hershey's? Yeah, like Hershey's and like, Nestle <laughs> and stuff like that. So he was not a diva, but just like, you know, like they just gave him like that kind of chocolate when he was like, <laughs> God, that's so horrible. <laughs> have you so have, have you just on a small tangent? Have you had this experience yet, where when you leave America, all the chocolate tastes different? Yeah, because it's like ten times like better technically, I guess, or they, more nat- natural, I should say. Not, you know. They don't use so like I I looked into this because um, whenever we were in Japan, I was eating all these chocolate bars, and I was like, these taste different. They're good, and when you come back, all the chocolate does taste very different. Yeah. Like you know, if you compare like shit chocolate bars you know what i mean like hershey's versus their version of hershey's right Mm -hmm. and and apparently we use soy lectin as a binder and if you're not like accustomed to this flavoring oh it's that and also when i was like watching this hershey's thing hershey's likes to like curdle the milk a little bit to give it this like souring flavor and if you're not like used to this flavoring of chocolate like growing up with it as a kid it tastes very like weird to you yeah yeah that's interesting. I will say though, I I um I once did a video shoot at Hershey Park, oh, and I love we Hershey even Park. I even stayed at the hotel overnight. And number one, via the air filtration system, it smells like they blow out the scent of chocolate. The whole town, the whole town like, of Hershey. The whole town, but in the hotel, they specifically oh, do it on purpose. It's not like I didn't the whole town that. of Hershey just smells like it because of the. Because of the plant. the plant, yeah. But like the hotel does it, and even like I t- took it 
like with me, the shampoos and the conditioners are chocolate scented. I'm like, that's a little overboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so like I loved Hershey Park. It was definitely a place that I went to as a kid, and like I have very fond memories of like a town that smells like ch- like a whole amusement park built around yeah. chocolate. It's like the coolest thing when you're a little kid. They gave us, you know, like a Hershey bar, you know, when checking in. I think they just do that for everybody. Yeah, and I will say that it did taste better. I hadn't it's had so one much in a better. while, and I was always actually more of a Nestle than Hershey person. Same, up. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but it t- it tasted it tasted better there. I'm not saying it's still as good as a chocolate from like chocolate, from chocolate. Yeah. yeah, from the chocolatey um, Maya, right? I think that's what she names it. Yeah, and but just like getting Guinness in Ireland, you get Hershey Bar and Hershey. It's gonna if it's taste fresh, better. man. It's good. Yeah, they also they do this weird thing at Hershey where I think you can even buy them online, but like certain like times of year you can buy uh, same day Reese's. Where they'll Ooh. do like a special shipment because the Reese's there are fucking, those are, that's like where my heart is, right? Like the fresh Reese's are so good in Hershey Park. And they'll do a thing where like you pre order them and they'll send you like a bucket of fresh Hershey's uh, peanut butter cups and like you mm. get them like a day after they were made or something, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a really, that's really awesome. cool thing. Yeah, and everybody's like goes nuts for these. They sell out all the time and it's really cool. It sounds, I mean, people go nuts from, like, I mean, in, in, in this film, too, like we said, that she's going little by little, like, I mean, who's, I guess her, what, who was her first per oh, that one woman that then ends up, like, you know, she gives her, yeah. guesses her favorite, because she comes in. But it's Lent. She, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. Lent has just started, and Alfred Molina's like, oh, per, you know, he's the mayor of the town, he's the, like, count or whatever. The count, yeah. Um, and is very against it right away. It seems like they have, like, a hip young priest in town. He's dancing and singing to Elvis at one point, but he's just very very influenced by Alfred Molina's character. Uh, And since Lent has just started, everyone's trying to behave. But also at the same time, I mean, I am not religious, but I thought, and I know things have changed over the years, but I always thought, like, Lent was, like, giving up one thing. It's... It's or is, gotten yeah. to that point. Yes, but back then it probably was like giving up all sources of pleasure, maybe. Yeah, like during okay. Lent you fast, and it was like way more serious. Gotcha. Um, even even me, I was a Catholic school boy. I went oh. to twelve years of Catholic school. Still got the uniform. I'm sorry, that's just like a creepy <laughs> question. Guys ask women, so I'm trying to make the world a better place by asking men the same question. When I that's hear it. very equalist of you. I appreciate you. it. Um, no, so even like for me, my grandma, like my grandma's version of Lent was much different than what I had. So like she would do the like n- nothing during Lent. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like and Alfred like, Molina in this movie is like fasting. Yes. That's what she would do during Lent. And, um, but for me, it was always like, yeah, one thing and no meat on Fridays also type thing. Mm-hmm. And they would do like no meat all Lent and like only eat one meal a day the whole time and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's definitely watered down now. And I think even probably worse since I've stopped caring about it. So Watered down just like our American chocolate. God damn it. Exactly. It's fine. Um, what Do you have any like favorite moments? Any favorite scenes in this movie? Oh. Um, I So, 
in in my love of lifetime movies and because it makes me feel like a lifetime movie mm-hmm. um one of my favorite scenes is when she bonks him with the skillet cuz that's like a very lifetime oh yeah that like hit, hitting somebody with a skillet to knock them out and like stop you know some violence is like top tier things you can do in lifetime movies so if you're not watching a murderous one that is but like if you just want to like you know stun someone for 14 hours just hit them with a skillet and then it's fine everybody laughs about it and we go on with our lives and so like i think that that i think that when she bonks them with the skillet and she was like what did you say i can't use a skillet it would like everything about it was just straight from lifetime for me so that's that's one of my favorite scenes yeah, that's a great scene. That's with uh, that's when Peter Stormore like he tries to well, Alfred Molina tries to help him clean up a bit after yes, after you know, he beats his wife. Yeah, yeah, after he beats his wife and he comes and he asks for her, you know, a, you know, to accept his apology and she says she accepts it, but that doesn't mean that she's gonna leave with him. And then he comes back in a drunken uh, rage, drunken rage, and it's a, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a scary scene. And then but then. She says that line about the skillet, and then even, she bonks him and says a skillet yeah. joke, and everybody's back to normal. We're all yeah. Good then the even next... Vivian, who was like getting choked out, starts laughing about it. Like, <laughs> that's how feel good of a movie it is. Like even then, it's so like, wholesome. The whole it's movie. It's so wholesome. I think this probably what's that? Is that the the Bechdel test or whatever the you know the however many women talking in a scene and stuff like that? Oh movie. no, I don't know this. Yeah, it's a certain. We used to bring it up on. It's a metric. Yeah, P.S. I love Hoffman a lot. Uh, me and Brian Rodriguez, host of High School Slumber Party. Uh, shameless plug. And, um, yeah, just because, you know, obviously dealing with, like, a male actor m- movie, we would try to see what which uh, movies would fall into that scale. And it, it has to deal with how many women are in the movie, how many, like, if women interact with one another. And, again, it just seems like a pretty women-empowered film. Yeah, this movie does great with that. There's, like, constant groups of women, and they don't, like, downplay them either. They're not, like, giving them, like, super subservient roles. Like, she's a female business owner. She takes in the other woman to be, like, an apprentice, right? She's not just, like, somebody cleaning. And, like, yeah, they give them, like, substantial roles. And Johnny Depp is an afterthought. (laughs) He really is. All the, yeah, all, like, the, like, hapless characters in the movie are, are male. Like, even, like, the woman goes home after uh, Vivian gives her the chocolate and she just looks at her husband being like asleep and lazy in his <laughs> chair and just throws away the chocolate. But when he <laughs> sees it, then he gets his little, little, uh, you know, yeah. excitement going for himself. Little, yeah. Yeah. I thought the French were just always doing it, but I guess I'm wrong. Um, yeah, maybe not. It's just, yeah. just, they're just like us. They're just <laughs> Uh, some other things. Let's see. What else did I write down? I there's a whole like subplot of a invisible kangaroo. There is, yeah. That, that not necessary, but I liked it because you get a kangaroo at the end, a real one that just hops through France, and you're and and Rachel had hadn't watched like the beginning of the movie. She had come in like 15 minutes into it or something. And she's like, where the fuck did this kangaroo come from? And why is it in France? Like, did the pirates bring it? I was like, they weren't in France. It was an imaginary kangaroo. Yeah. Pantouf. Right. I think that was, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. And he just hops away at the end because I guess she finds, I mean, so are we led to believe that Rue Johnny Depp's character stays and he becomes like the father figure for, uh, Anouk. And then, I and, think you know. so. I think that's what they're trying to hint at here. That like, 
it's more of like her wandering spirit was was eased right yes. like she's now found a place that she can ground in you know like this is her town now so yeah there's yeah. a whole mythos to this movie where then she's telling her daughter some like you know like a bedtime story and it ends up being about i guess her like her parents right and yes. so her father was french and her mother guatemalan yeah it was, it was south american somewhere south Amer- okay south american and uh yeah and just about these women that would go from town to town and helping people with via like chocolate and herbs and all this stuff yeah man chili powder and stuff (laughs) and all all these crazy things and she then even you know then has a child with this french guy and that ends up being you know vivian but then she like leaves her husband in the middle of the night so these are even these are women that are just like don't have a you know a bad marriage and they're just like no i'm just leaving with the i'm just free man yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah, and at the, for the for the time, it being a period piece, like the other woman just like leaving her husband, being like, "No, I'm gonna go work at the chocolate shop." Like, fuck off. Like, that's, yeah. these are all very empowering things because, like, they even make no like they like are looking at it in the movie and they're like, "How do you feel like having this child without a husband?" And she's like, "Cool, like whatever, it's fine, I guess." Yeah, and even like the kids say to Anouk at one point, like, "Oh, we heard you don't have a dad," and she's like, "No, like I, I have a father. I just, you know, we just don't know where he is right now, or whatever." Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's uh, that's the that's the journey they're taking in this, in, you know, in this movie. But then she eventually, at the end, uh, releases the rest of her mother's ashes out into the wind. So I guess her mother's, you know, ashes continue their. Yeah, that's North, a North Wind story. Yeah, that's a that's like a really like when you put it like this, it's like yeah, it's like well, if we just break Grandma's ashes somewhere, like this is where we stay now. Like she's yeah, not there's like a bit of a haunting us. factor to it. There was yeah, like, like the spirits of the past like keep you doing it, and even though you don't necessarily want to, because at one point like she's trying to leave when like all is lost after the when she thought her daughter died on the you know Irish boat, pirate fire. boat party fire. Yeah. And uh and then she's all ready to leave, but then her assistant, you know, Josephine goes and gets like everyone she's helped so far. So like the two older people, the husband and wife, that the young kid and his mom, the, yep. you know, the Trinity plays, and they're all helping and she decides to decides to stay. Then even Alfred Molina has his moment of indulgence and it's like the night. Oh, before. that's that's I think that's my second favorite scene. Yeah. Because like I, I would love to spend a night just rolling just in a, in a chocolate stupor, <laughs> in a chocolate stupor, just crying and rolling in chocolate, and just yeah. like wake up like, oh, oh fuck, you know, like she's like, here, drink this. He was, like, it's like the best night ever. He had like the greatest Easter Eve that you could ever imagine, just like chocolate wasted in this front window in the store. Yeah, did he make it, or can you like, when can you start, you know? Uh, enjoying yourself again? Is it like Easter Day? Like, can you, do you have to wake up, or like he was still awake from the night before? You know, the day I before. I think it's uh, would the like the like the real rules. I don't know what exactly it is, but I know that like most people celebrate like you have to go to church first, and then you have like a oh, big meal after so, church. Yeah. So he kind of like just missed it. Yeah. You know, but it's you, a good com- companion piece for this movie, 40 Days, 40 Nights, Josh Hartnett movie. Ah, oh, yeah. Where he gives up sex for 40 days, 40 nights. Yeah, true. I remember that coming up in my high school film class, and I had this very odd high school film teacher. He was, 
like you know tried to be cool and we thought he was cool but then thinking about like things he would say now it's just like that's not inappropriate just like inappropriate in the sense of like we shouldn't be hearing this from like an adult like, yes. or whatever and like one of his things was just like you know because uh, he gave uh you know, i think one chance like a semester to a student like to bring like bringing in a movie that like we would watch in class and talk about it but he's like you know but he like made a rule he's like i don't want like 40 days and 40 nights he's just like like, why the fuck do I care about Josh Hartnett not having forty sex for forty days, forty nights? He's like, that's not real. That's not hard time. It's like, oh my god. Like, I'm thinking about like how he's just like was in a dr- my high school teacher was in a dry spell at that moment. <laughs> yeah, like, he was. Not, that's not appropriate. <laughs> he's like being tempted by all these high school seductresses that want to watch forty days and forty nights. He's can't do it, man. <laughs> god. I want. I want to play a clip because even even though he is useless to the movie, but he's he made it on the poster. So let's play the the clip between uh, Juliette Binoche and um, Johnny Depp when he comes into the store and tries that uh, that truffle. Hello. Hi. I just made a fresh batch of Mondial. Anybody interested? My tummy hurts. Oh, I've got just a thing for that. Come in. What about boycott immorality then? Come in. An old remedy. From a cocoa tree. Tastes strange. Mm. Maybe your daddy would like a taste. It's not my daddy. He's my pony. <laughs> Here, it's a lot better than those leaves. Tastes good. Come on. I do want to meet you. He's my kangaroo. Go ahead. It's your favorite. What makes you so sure? Go on, taste it. That's fantastic. Thanks. I have a knack for guessing. It's cool. Not my favorite. All right. Thanks very much. You know I can fix that if you like. Not with glass, but I can make you nice strong without a wood, I think. That's nice of you. But I insist on paying you for your work. Well, that makes two of us then. So I also wanted to play, I, I had a, this is like a premeditated joke commentary, I want to say, but I did, I laughed at the moment in the movie when this happened during the scene, and I thought you'd appreciate it. Uh, when they come in and they're at the counter and the little girl's trying out some kind of like leaf or whatever, because her tummy was hurting. Yeah, she's eating coca leaf. Yeah, coca leaf. And yeah. then... Uh, Julia Binoche in like a sly way is just like oh like is, what about your you know like your father and she's like oh he's not my father he's my pony and like at that moment all of a sudden I just heard genuine pony <laughs> and I knew if anyone would appreciate oh, yeah. my thought yeah. of that it would be you with uh, yeah. with obviously uh, being a host of Magic Mics oh yeah for sure and just see uh, him and Jenna Dewan doing the the did you ever see that clip of when they did the 
the lip sync battle and oh, she yeah. does pony. Oh, so good. Yeah. And so I was just imagining that Thank moment, you. like all of a sudden Johnny Depp just like breaking in. Or what if what if there's just like pony in the background of it, right? Like <laughs> Like, he's my pony. Yeah, and they'd be like a full musical number. I would really enjoy it. Like, it could have ha- if it was that. made today. It could have happened. I feel like it could have happened. It could have been like the Greatest Showman, but with Johnny Depp and yeah. a, a <laughs> pony breakdown. Yeah, th- but this is so. I mean, this is one of the earlier scenes of of John. Well, not even just one of the earlier scenes. One of the few scenes with Johnny Depp. You get to you got to hear his uh, annoying Irish brogue. But, he has um, he has like his own distinct accent in real life though, right? Like Yeah, well he's someone to refer to another actor that you cover uh on Boyfriend Material, like Ryan Gosling kinda chose his own accent. I as at least I've been told slash read. Okay. Because like, he's from Canada and he yes. kinda has like this early like gangster kind of like you know, like in New a York, lot of like, times, yeah. yeah like Ryan Gosling, he kind of, you know, he just kind of talks, you know, like he honestly talks like a young Pacino sometimes. Oh, yeah. Like not as Italian, but just like a young Pacino sometimes. Yeah, it's and, the it's the like the stutter, the like the delivery, yeah, just, the yeah, cadence, the the humble like I'm 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 cute and I know it, but I'm just like I'm being humble, like yeah, like I can do the lift from Dirty Dancing. What so what of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's like that, and, you know, and like in Drive, it's like, I drive, okay, I drive, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I so see it now that you're doing it, yeah, it's yeah. right in between. Yeah, it is, man. I get it. Uh, sorry for ruining it. Or no, it's okay, I like it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> but yeah, that's like, Johnny Depp just has that weird accent anyway. Like, it's like him, Madonna, there are these just like, yeah, uber crazy, Lindsay you know, Lohan like, gave herself Lindsay- a weird accent. Recently. Oh, really? You weren't there the day that we were like at Joey's and and Brian and I like when Lindsay Lohan went on that rant and she has this like weird accent now. Oh. She said she has a world accent, is what she said. Oh, whatever. Yeah, Jesus Christ. But just yeah, exactly. <laughs> People with giant egos that then like moved to a place and like Madonna became British and then Johnny Depp became Irish French, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know, man. I, I like but, I've definitely like yeah. lost some words or picked up some words regionally, but I think that like I kept my my core accent. I've never tried to get get rid of it, and I've never tried to pick up a different one. But like that's such a weird thing to me. Like I don't think my brain could work like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I I I really don't think. I mean, I have an American accent, sure. Like I know that when I travel abroad and I'm talking to people. Yes, but I definitely like, don't sound British for sure. Yeah, but I mean. Some words, like, I'll say, like, I'll catch myself saying, like, tomato, and so tomato. Yes. So it's just like, sure, okay, Jersey. But I'm not, like, I'm not, like, fucking Joe Pesci or Danny DeVito. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, anything else you, you want to say about Sh- Chocolat besides it being just a delightful film? And and uh, definitely have something sweet. If you're into sweets, have something sweet around the house is my Yes, my advice. It's to a people. great recommendation. Definitely make sure you get some chocolate first. And no, I'm just I'm so happy that I I like watched it and you know I had the negative connotation of it before I watched it, but rewatching it now a little bit older, I, like I was like this is just a very joyous movie and like I'm very happy that I watched it again because it made me it made me happy. Like there's nothing bad about that movie. Like you could just be happy watching it on a Saturday afternoon. So with your mother, yeah. With your mom for sure, yeah. Yeah. No, just I mean, and they even had like a regular food scene. This when they had uh, Judy Dench's birthday, and they had oh, some big nice turkey. Like, 
turkey and like prawns and stuff like that and then even we we talked we, we mentioned the uh alpha melina in like the store window but we get like this very close-up on his tongue yeah I mean, who yeah. doesn't want to see a close-up on alpha melina's tongue <laughs> true. true i wonder what was the gravy was she putting chocolate gravy That's, on yeah stuff? that was too close to like a chocolate sauce that i got it's really like a mole. creeped out for a second I think I think it's like a she was doing some kind of like mole sauce that they were pouring oh, okay. on everything is what I I'm guess. guessing because yeah, right, she's, she's doing the Mexican chocolates with like some peppers in them I think she yeah. made some kind of mole ah oh, okay and was using that as gravy and they were just like all mind blown by because like every time they were eating it they were just like oh fuck like yeah oh the, exactly that was definitely like the just the people at the table at first like mmm and then they just start like laughing together and then I was just expecting everyone to just go like full-on, like, Caligula. Yeah. Didn't happen, though. No. That would be a movie I wouldn't want to watch with my mom. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, I sent you a few emails earlier, so yes. if you would be willing to um, go ahead and click either option one, two, or three, and just whichever one you click, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that clip. Oh, I'm going to go for door number three. Three? Ooh, which one? I don't even remember which order I put in. Oh, yes! I was kind of hoping this would happen. Okay. Okay, okay. so we're going to play this clip for you right now, and then we're going to talk about it. You know what I was thinking? What? <laughs> I, I really don't think that the animal cracker qualifies as a cracker. Well, because it's sweet, which to me suggests cookie, and, you know, me putting cheese on something is sort of the defining characteristic of what makes a cracker a cracker. I don't know why I thought of that, I just... Baby, you have such sweet pillow top. I got, like, a little animal cracker Discovery Channel thing happening right here. <laughs> Watch the gazelle as he grazes through the open planks. <laughs> now look, as the cheetah approaches. Watch as he stalks his prey. Now the gazelle's a little spooked, and he could head north to the ample sustenance provided <laughs> by the mountainous peaks above. <laughs> he could go south. The gazelle now faces man's most perilous question. North south. Way down. Tune in next week. <laughs> Baby, do you think it's possible that anyone else in the world is doing this very same thing at this very same moment? I hope so. Otherwise, what the hell are we trying to save? That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> that was right, so, so incredible. That's amazing. So if I mean I I, uh, I well I would have explained this in the cold opening, but since we're recording this from different locations, it was kind of just a magical and odd experience just to hear. I think both of us kind of like oh oh and just like laughing at little <laughs> moments while while watching this clip. I don't think I've so so we get drunk a lot. We play like you know like random songs like nostalgia songs. Like that's uh -huh. like one of our favorite things to do, right? Like we'll be like oh fuck, do you remember this song? Like usually they're like movie themed or like you know a genre of like sure. our childhoods whatever 
and um, we've definitely played this song a lot. So like when I was watching, I thought this was going to be the music video for it. Oh, and the that's very why weird I was, like, music video where instead of these... Bruce Willis's face on the TVs, it's Steve Tyler's and he's singing to his daughter. Yeah, yeah, like these kind. Yeah, like I think that's like my you know like when we had these early two thousands, late nineties movies, they would like do the music video and it would just be like scenes from the movie. It's just, like a trailer. Yeah. So like I thought we were going to get one of those, but no, it's just the scene about the animal crackers, which is great too. So. Yeah, this is like a commercial for Animal Crackers and BMW. It is. <laughs> and Definitely. I couldn't have planned it. Like, I, 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 well, when I was talking with you, I'm like, oh, you know, what are some of your favorite movies? It's not like you said this, but no. when you said like nostalgia and bad, I just like, oh, yeah. went on, like a, I went on like a black hole on the internet of 90s. And I actually, <laughs> I, do, I do, like Armageddon is actually one of my favorite Michael Bay movies. It's so great. Yeah, Armageddon's a great ridiculous. movie. Yeah. One of my favorite things about Armageddon is actually not technically like about Armageddon, but it's the fact that when um oh god the guys of you know South Park um, yes Matt Stone Trey Parker when they were thinking about making Team America World Police one of their earliest ideas were was making like the puppets that they use in that movie they were going to do that and just recreate Armageddon oh god. <laughs> But they couldn't get the license. But it's just like, just to show how ridiculous that movie is. Yeah, because you could do it with puppets and you'd be like, oh, it's the same fucking movie. Like, Yeah. This is another P- Peter Stormar is in this movie, so that's great. Uh, but, and we get another, we get a, this is a sensual food scene to go along with our sensual Very, food movie. We get yes. another, as you pointed out, a shitty accent. We get a shitty, like, <laughs> Australian do. Steve Irwin impersonation, impression. <laughs> we definitely do. That was, like, Steve Irwin's big time, too, man. Like, everybody was doing Steve Irwin at this time, so. Yeah. Yeah, it was the right time to do it. He's, like, the voice of the animals, man. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, in the end of the day, Ben Affleck, or, um his character, that of AJ, brings up a very valid point. And yes, I didn't have to look at his character's name on IMDb to remember this character's name. <laughs> and um, he brings up a valid point. Why is it called Animal Cracker? It is an animal... It's a cookie. It's sweet. It, it is. It is. But there's, there's two versions of Animal Crackers, too. There is? Yeah, dude. You don't... There's like the PT oh, Barnum, the, the 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 real cookies, the, like the sugar cookie shortbread. with the icing on it. No, not those. Oh. Those are those are iced something. Oh, okay. Did you remember the ones that were in the box that looked like a circus car, yeah. like a train car? Yeah, that's like the one he had there. Yeah, but then you have the ones that are like the the puffy, really white ones that are oh. more crackery that aren't as sweet. Oh, okay. But he had, like, the cookie kind of one. Yeah, he had, like, the cookie kind of one. But they're all called Animal Crackers, I think. They all are all called Animal Crackers. That's true. Yeah. But I think that... I'm imagining that, like, back in the day that they were, like, so bland that they were more crackery than cookie. And we just, like, fixed them. Yeah. And the the name was already named. Like, we already used this. Yeah, and then they got more sugary to compete with, like... Real cookies. Real cookies and, like, crazy advertisings when they're like, but let's keep the zoo theme or the circus theme or whatever. Yes. Uh, I this So this came out in 98. So I was 9, 10 years old. I remember this being, like, an early movie that I was like, something's happening in my body. Yes. Like it's That's a, what it's I was a thinking. sensual, when... yeah. like, it's teaching you some things. You get a lot of, you get a lot of like, belly 
Like, belly was big. The navel. Navel. Navel was the word I was right? looking for. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, it, yeah. and it just makes me think of uh, Will Ferrell in old school when he's, when <laughs> him and his wife are going for counseling. And he's just like, and sometimes I'm just, I'm at the restaurant, I'm just wondering what kind of panties she has on. Is it something <laughs> new and exciting or something, you know, basic, like nice, simple white cotton? I don't know. Like, I just... Yeah, and that's man. like what this like and that it oh, when I hear him say that then I think of like this scene it's just a, a, you know symbiotic it's just and this compa- is such like a sensual scene but at the age that we were at when this movie comes out this is like as close as you can imagine to like like doing something weird with a girl right oh yeah like it's just like <laughs> this is oh it, my, like, like run I, animal no, crackers I, on I was her so neighbor. excited to see her like bra yeah you see her bra, and you, like, run animal crackers on her navel. You're like, oh, yeah. whoa, something definitely happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I wasn't imagining, like, you know, like, hardcore shit. It, but, like, you see that, and you're like, yeah, I can see where they're going here. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like something else is happening. <laughs> yeah, definitely. With them and with me. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it's like, I like that they, like, toned it down enough that it, like, related to my you know, young prepubescent urges. Like, it's just like, it was right there at the right it time. W- yeah, it was right there. It's like, you know, I mean, it's a PG-13 movie, but it's it's right before possibly, you know, the end of the world. So, we yeah, know, man. you know, and as she says, like, she just really hopes someone else, like, in the world is doing the same thing, which is a weird thing to say <laughs> in that <laughs> With moment. running too. animal crackers over their bodies? Like, who's, yeah, exactly. who's doing that imagine, right now? Yeah, exactly. Someone in, you know, Japan at that moment. <laughs> running whatever <laughs> oh god but yeah. that's a that's a ridiculous that's a ridiculous scene that was thank you for sharing i'm glad that you reminded me of it because i don't think i've watched the movie like i've seen the music video a bunch of times recently but like i, I need to revisit the movie pretty much immediately now so. it's an it's a movie that i quote and brian and i quote so much i love the late michael clark duncan in that movie his name is Bear, yeah. and he's amazing. Oh, yeah. And, like, oh, yeah. he just has such... I mean, he's a deep voice in general, but in that movie, he's like, what? And then, like, even... It's <laughs> one of the most ridiculous lines ever is, like, when... I mean, because Steve Buscemi's in that movie. It's it's awesome. Oh, God, yeah, the cast is crazy, man. Yeah, the cast is crazy, and I love the scene where, like, they get all the oil guys together, and they have, like, their list of demands, and Bear wants to stay... Uh, and he had like, he, so at that point, Bruce Willis is reading the list and he's like, and bear wants to stay for the summer in, uh, the, uh, Lincoln bedroom of the white horse. And it's just like, why, but Bruce Willis, why, like you got everything up until that point and you just didn't know that he, like you were reading house's horse, but then like bear goes, White house, white house, and it's just like the most amazing <laughs> delivery, yes. like deep delivery of like a demand ever. I love and it. Owen Wilson's in that movie. It's like one of those nineties oh, movies when Owen Wilson was dying in every movie, like House on Haunted Hill, Anaconda. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a great time in cinema! Yeah, ninety nine. Joey, we were just talking about this, and um, a, a guest that came on to Too Fast Too Forever. Oh fuck! I need to find the real title of the book for you, but he he just wrote a book how 1999 was like the greatest year in film history, and like yeah. all of these movies had come out like right then, and like it, there's just so many good ones that had come out, and it was just like a perfect time of like we had like barely technology, you know what I mean? Like just yeah. all of these I, things. Yeah, unironically, like 
love that movie. It's just, it just, it's nostalgia for me. I think it's hilarious. I mean, I'm not saying it's like masterful cinema. No, definitely not. But it's enjoyable. Bit of what I like, love and enjoy, and just like a movie I could watch in any scenario. Yep, I agree, brother. Like anything, (laughs) a big screen would be amazing, or I could watch it on my phone on a plane. True. And yep, and you'd love it every time. Exactly. But, um, well, last but not least, we have our segment, Gut Instincts, so I'm just going to read off these, I'm going to ask you these questions and let me know whatever comes to mind first. Okay. Favorite fast food? In-N-Out. In-N-Out. Well, it... Have you ever done, have you ever done the secret menu or whatever? Done oh, yeah, menu? yeah. Mustard fried, double-double mustard fried. We have this argument of two fast food all the time. Double-double Ex- mustard fried, extra toast, grilled onions, chopped chilies... And one cold cheese is what my friends just taught me. Oh. You do in and out next time you're in and out. You do one cold cheese. So one cheese slice, they melt on the burger. They put mm-hmm. one cold cheese on it. I started doing this at home now. It's revolutionary wow. to me. Like, I like it. Have you ever done it? Do you know? Like, I, I've, <sighs> yes, I have. Like, not for, like, more out of laziness than... Yeah, like if you're like at a barbecue, you know, the cheese is on yeah. the side, you throw one cold cheese on. But when you do yeah, the combo. Not, yeah, but the combo of the melted, and I, li- I like the idea of like the texture differences. That's yes, good. you get the texture, and they taste a little bit different, right? Like when you start oh, melting yeah, it. Oh, yeah, especially like Kraft Single, like type American oh, cheese. Oh, yeah, like Land of Lakes. That's the whole thing. I love cheese, but like so many cheeses, once you start melting, like I would argue every cheese pretty much tastes better once melted. Rachel would agree with you, man. Yeah, it, for so sure. So good, so good. Like melted Swiss, melted cheddar, melted yeah, Gouda, monster, Gouda. Gouda, yeah. Oh yeah. Now you're talking my language, for sure. Go to beer and/or cocktail. Oh, uh, I'm I'm a Jack Daniels boy. I I've been drinking Jack Daniels before I was legally allowed to drink. Uh, I'm like you know more than a decade deep in Jack Daniels right now. So that's. Mm. Jack usually oh and I would do Jack and Diet Dr Pepper is my favorite combo. Oh, nice. All right. You get the sweetness. The Dr Pepper plays really well with Jack, um, and that's like our normal go-to drink. Like if I'm gonna drink at home, that's what I'm drinking. Nice. Yeah. What, what style of beer do you as a as a beer connoisseur? Like what are you, what are you liking right now? What kind? What style? I'll ask. I, I'm a big sa- I've recently got not recently, but over the past like couple of years, like I'm always on a search for like the sour I'm going to love. Oh, really? That's cool. I, I like yeah. sours. Um, there's tons of great sour places putting on great sours right now too. Mm. Um, I, when I came to new England, it was right at the beginning of the new England IPA burst, right? Like this was like, not everybody was making them. It was like mm-hmm. way more rare. So like that always has a special place in my heart. I love the new England IPAs. I drink a lot of stouts, um, especially now that it's getting colder. We were on like a big seltzer kick. We've been drinking all the different seltzers lately. Oh, the like spike seltzers? Yeah, like all of those to try. But like if I had to like just a beer to go to, it'd probably be an IPA. It kind of pairs well with everything. Mm-hmm. Like if I want something with food, like I can drink an IPA and eat any pretty much any type of food and be happy. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's harder to do that with like sours obviously. Yeah, stouts and stuff. I'm not gonna drink like a chocolate stout and eat Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A nice thick oatmeal stout. Yeah. Uh, favorite childhood snack. Favorite childhood snack. I oh, you know what? First thing that came into my head was cinnamon toast. Like cinnamon sugar on toast. 
Oh, so not like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, like not CTC. No. We're talking just like cinnamon on toast. Yeah. With white some bread. On there too to like hold it? Or? Yeah, white bread, butter, yeah. cinnamon sugar. There was like a cinnamon sugar shaker that used to yeah. come shaped like a clown. Do you remember this? No, I don't remember that. I'm going to have to Google that to like, yeah, see if so it's they would gonna, like, like throw me down memory lane or something. They would, yeah, they would put it in like one shaker together and it was like a clown and it was like shaped in like a, you know vase type shape and uh yeah that's i think that was like the main snack that i remember as a kid when you first said it that was the first thing that popped in my head oh yeah yeah no it's definitely like uh, i mean not i'm gonna have to look up that sugar shaker but that is something like i forgot that that's something that like my mom would like you know make for me just like like maybe even on like a day i stayed home sick or something exactly exactly This is, that's watching what, like the Rosie show in the morning. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, and then the price is right. Price is right. Yep. That's what I was yeah, going to say. Exactly. exactly. Uh, sweet or savory? Sweet. Sweet. Sweet for sure. I'm a big desserts guy. I'm a big sweet guy in general. Favorite food city, domestic and abroad, I'll ask you since uh, you're Ooh. a well-traveled man. Ooh. Favorite foods? I actually, you said it before, and I think New Orleans is one of my favorite domestic food cities because mm-hmm. the Creole and like all that influence is just great. You have seafood. Um, it definitely like a great food city. Um, my home city of Pittsburgh is blowing up right now. It's becoming really, really great foods. A huge food city. Like um, Bourdain did a one of his last episodes of uh, No Reservations there. Or what was it? No, not No Reservations. Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown. He did one of his yeah. last episodes of Parts Unknown there because it's like totally blowing up where like all of these guys are coming back and, you know, opening these crazy restaurants. And every time I go back, I find something cool and interesting to eat there. Awesome. Um, abroad, the one in my most uh, – we talked about Japan, which I do love. But the one of my most recent memories was uh, Barcelona. It's a great food city, man. And oh, I think you yeah. were just there too, right? Yeah, I was. That was my second time there. I was there back in uh, July, and there was like this one uh, tapas place, uh, La Coba de Azul, and it's just this place that I was taken on after I did like a a food tour. Yeah, I was talking with the guide so much the first time I was in Barcelona. They were like, "Hey, listen, like, I, this is somewhere like I don't take people on the food tour. I don't like a lot of people knowing about it." <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm with, like, at that point I had met, like, four people that, I, like, I took the tour with. And they're yeah. like, okay, just those four? Because it was, like, a tour of, like, 20 of us. And they're like, okay, I'll take you. And it was just, like, in the Gothic Quarter and all those windy streets. Yeah. And luckily enough, like, I, you know, like, pinged it. And I think I even took, like, a business card. And then I found it this time. And they make, That's awesome. number one, just, like, the best gin and tonic ever there. It's, like, served oh. in, like, a mini fish bowl. Oh, I love just like it. A huge like cognac glass, and yeah, fantastic. And the food there was just above and beyond. Uh, and just just in general, like the big market they have there, oh, so good. Yeah, like all the little bakeries, dude. Like I feel like America's oh, yeah. lost that. Like we we definitely don't have it as much as they still have it in Europe. That you can like just go into like any like cop like we have just have this prevalence of like starbucks right so it's like we don't have these like local coffee shops where you go in and get like like the like any type of pastry and coffee and like all of these things like oh i love bakeries too man yeah we have much more commercialized places over here and then also i mean obviously in our cities i mean 
you know, you you could be walking around like you are in Barcelona, but it's just, you know, people just don't, still don't even do that as much anymore. Exactly, like, yeah. Postmates, right? Yeah, and also, like, one, you know, you want to do, like, one-stop shopping and stuff like that. But I love I love that culture over there. I like, you know, I mean, I do I'm too, on vacation, man. so I can be that way, but with tapas, like, you go in, a little bite here, a little bite there. Dr- so grab a beer, move along, bullshit, make a friend. I love it. I'm with it's you. the best. Favorite cuisine? Ooh. Um, I think it's, it's, it's probably still Italian food mm-hmm. just cause it's, it's such a wide gambit. Yeah. Um, but, you can't go wrong. Yeah. but like low key, if I like one of the last meals that I would ever eat would probably be like Turkish food. Ooh. Cause wow. I fucking love Turkish food. Like I just love everything about it. I like the, like mm-hmm. the, the Mediterranean feel of it. And I think yeah, Turkish, Bob. Yeah. Kebab, but I also like baba ganoush. Like, oh yeah, so they good. still use feta. They have hummus. Like, it's like it's like a nice balance of like fully Middle Eastern and also like Mediterranean. Like Turkish kind of encompasses all of it. So yeah. I like Turkish food a lot. That's a real. It's really good. I you know I mean I haven't been to Turkey. Same. But, I um, haven't either. I was in Berlin, and that was on the first trip I ever did to Europe. And at that point, Brian was way more well-traveled than I, and he told me about this one donor kebab, like, stand. Oh, donor kebabs like, are so good, dude. Yeah, and he's like, you have to go here. He's like, <laughs> and he was like, in Berlin, like, you get, like, the two big things are currywurst, and he's Curry. like, but there's a huge um, Turkish population there, and he's yeah. like, so you have to go and get the donor kebab, and it was just so good. These so are, good. I was I was with Rachel in um, Austin, Texas, and we were drunk one night. And again, you know, like I travel, so like night and I get these weird cravings. And I was like, dude, you know what I fucking want tonight is a donor kebab. And she was like, what are you talking about? And like we found like a donor kebab place in Austin, and she ate one. She was like, holy shit, this is so good. Like, yeah, like this is like a whole new world for me, right? Like, yeah, it was it was great though. I'm a big yeah, fan. they have a couple of good donor kebab stands in in Austin, right? They like do on, on, on Sixth Street. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. They definitely do. Guilty pleasure food. Ooh. Uh, Oreos. Would it be the day after... Oh, Oreos? Okay, I was going to answer. I was going to be like, is it the day after Valentine's candy? <laughs> no, that, I, I have no guilt about that. Okay. The day oh, after good, Valentine's... You know, good for you, man. That, I, I wasn't saying I that purposely, you should be saying that. I feel bad for Rachel. I've, I've, I've actually like spoken to her deeply about this. I'm like, do you feel offended by this? But like... I will specifically wait until like the night of Valentine's Day and I go to the store when like all the candy's like 90% off yeah. and I'll come home with like all the big fucking hearts and like <laughs> the Reese's that are shaped like heart, like every candy we can get. And I'm like, here, look, this was, you know, $70 nine hours ago and now I paid $5 for it. Like, and we have all of the candies. So, like, I, I really enjoy the sale of, I'm like, as long as you're not offended that I'm not buying you the candy before the holiday, I will yeah. buy you so much day after Valentine's Day candy. No, because like, that's the whole... I mean, in the end, I think if, if a woman or a significant other was going to be offended by that, it's because usually it seems like you, you forgot and it's a last no, minute thing. It's this like, is, no, this is specifically... <laughs> yes. Is, you know, as I've definitely specific tried... <laughs> as you want it to be. You know? I've, I've definitely taken her there like on Valentine's Day at like eight as they're changing the tags. Like, <laughs> like I've been like, come on, like, yeah. let's go. It's Valentine's it's like your Day Black night. Friday. Yeah. I'm just like sitting there just like, oh, yes. Like so excited. <laughs> I'll hit like two or three stores, like two or three different. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. You're a bargain shopper, sir. I commend you. I am. It. Yeah, man. Guys, guys, squeeze those pennies somehow, right? Yeah, because then you get to. Sp- That's my whole thing. Like, I'm not a cheap guy, but I, 
I let, you know, like when I look for affordable things or, you know, deals and stuff like that, I'm like, yay, now I get to spend that elsewhere. Exactly my point. Yep. I, like, I want to go eat a $400 yeah. dinner, but it, but like, I'm, I don't want to spend $70 on Valentine's Day candy. You know what I mean? Like, those exactly. things just don't balance to me, especially if it's going to be on sale in an hour. Like, what the fuck does it matter? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, favorite condiment? Ooh, so I'm, I'm pretty anti-condiment. Oh, right. I was never a big condiment guy. I grew up in Pittsburgh. We had Heinz ketchup everywhere. I went to ketchup camp, like the, the ketchup Heinz, camp. That what, that's what we called it. It was like sponsored by Sarah the Heinz. What's H J Heinz? Sarah J Heinz Foundation. They yeah. had like a like instead of a boys and girls club, they had like ketchup camp. Like they would do like a boys and girls club, and they would do a camp, and everything that we had there was like we obviously had like every Heinz food you can imagine at this camp, right? Because it was like catered by them. Sure. Um, but if I had to pick a condiment, I I think the two that I like the most are mustard and ranch dressing. Oh, like a or yellow or brown mustard, or does it depend? Spicy brown, always spicy, spicy brown. Nice. There we go. I'm not always... a big yellow mustard guy. No, me neither. It's like it's just a cop out. Like just go spicy brown, stone yeah. ground, or I mean, like the like the 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 beady one is fine by me. I like ground or st- or either or, but mm-hmm. yeah, spicy brown for sure. And what are we using the ranch on? Pizza. Pizza, like a like a chicken bacon pizza, or does it? No, kind of have pizza? you? Uh, we we do this. You get pepperoni pizza. Uh huh take ranch dressing you add frank's red hot to the ranch you mix it together you dip it in that whoa it's life-changing i promise you pepperoni pizza frank's and ranch dip yes it. you and you just you adjust the frank's to match the heat that you want in the ranch okay yeah but it's usually like two parts one part kind of deal but that's to try it, dude. It, once you in Pittsburgh, we when you buy cuts of pizza, you can buy cups of ranch dressing next to the pizza. It's like a really oh, that's like a so it's a thing there. It's like a very very specific yeah. It's a thing. It's definitely in other places too. But if you go into a pizza shop, they'll have like in the beverage fridge, they'll have like lines of like Jello shot cups full of ranch dressing, and you'd like buy a slice <laughs> and then one of those, and you just like dip in that, and you're good to go. Interesting. Yeah, it's the way to do it. But in, in the red hot is like a nice little extra touch that we like to do. I like it. Yeah. What's the last thing you ate? Rachel made beef stroganoff for dinner tonight. Ooh, I haven't had beef stroganoff in a while. It's getting a little chilly up here. We're getting into fall. Beef nice. stroganoff. Yeah, it was fire too. She's really good. What would be your last meal? I've. I don't know. I would have to go it would it would either be like a guilty pleasure kind of like in and out type fast food meal mm-hmm. or it would be like a steak like like you know like a really nice bone and fillet something like that yeah yeah I think it would have to it would be the mood that I was in it on the on the day it would either it would go one extreme or the other it would be like you know like the nicest steak dinner you could have with like I want asparagus sweet potato, mashed potatoes. I want like everything with it. <laughs> All the fixins', yeah. All the fixins or in and out burger. <laughs> I like it. That's yeah. good. I like the I like the difference. Uh, dine in or dine out? In. In. 
Always in, yeah. I much prefer sitting there. I like. I feel like the ambience of the restaurant plays into it, and I also like my food really, really hot. So if I have to take it out, then it loses some some luster for me. I don't. I don't like eating out of containers either. I like. I much prefer plates and real silverware. So in for me. Gotcha. What would be your spirit food? Like what food you know best embodies your personality? A food that. It, it's it's barbecue sauce because I'm only yeah. useful sometimes, <laughs> but when I am, I'm really useful. It's like almost yeah. a necessity. A bit tangy, but with some spice to it. Yeah, it, it's like the full <laughs> gambit of everything you could get in one bite, and um, and like it, it, it depending on the day and where I'm coming from, like it, it could be either really shitty or really good depending on who made it. So. I think that that would embody me. Barbecues. I think you're the first person that answered as a as as a condiment, and you're a person that said you're not big on condiments. I'm not barbecue sauce. Like it, it supersedes condiments for me. I'm thinking. Like, sure, that's that is true. It's you know like it that's is a weird. sauce. That is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You mar- It's a marinade. For know. sure. Yeah. Going to the movies. What kind of snack you having? I'm gonna have a Bud Light. And a pack of Sour Patch Kids that Rachel snuck in in her purse. <laughs> she didn't sneak the the Bud Light or just the Sour Patch Kids. Both. Oh no, we oh, do we do both. both. Yeah, okay. yeah. We usually take like a sixer in her purse. <laughs> nice. I'm not. I'm not even kidding, man. Yeah, uh, that's how you do. We it. We gotta hang out more. I'm just telling you, Joey got really upset. We were when we were going to see Hobbs and Shaw. I was like, okay, like Joey, like. Do you want to grab the sixer for the movie, or am I going to do it? He's like, dude, we'll get thrown out. I was like, when have you ever been in a movie and been like, I think that guy behind me is drinking beer. I'm going to go tell them. And he was like, <laughs> good point. I was like, yeah, dude. Like, what the fu- like, who yeah. the fuck does that? And also, but normally when I see, he likes to sit like in the middle, kind of, you know, like in the direct middle. I like to sit way in the back row. So like, yeah. I'm cracking beers up there. Nobody gives a fuck. Like. Yeah, you're as as yeah. they say on how did this get made? You're a balcony monster. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's it. Yeah. Rachel gets mad. She she said that um, I I'm really bad at picking the moment of the movie to crack the beer though. So we'll be like <laughs> in like a dead silent movie and it'll be like <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. But like, That's come funny. find me. What are you gonna do? Throw me out? Like I'm yeah. 21. I'm not like a kid. So they're like they're just gonna be like, don't do that. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that that's funny, and I mean, it sounds like you you enjoy Bud Light, but at the same time, if you went to Fast and Furious, maybe you could bring Corona. And be I like, that's what I said. Man. I was like, I was like, oh, we have to go find cans, and he's like, what are you talking? Like, I was like, yeah, well, bottles are gonna be harder to open, and like glass and stuff, you know? Yeah. Drop it. Like at least a can is fine. He just I guess to- the best would be like a any any. Well, they make Bud Light in aluminum bottles. I feel like that would make the least noise and the best. Right? Yeah, that like, would that would be the best combo. Yeah, no can pop, but also, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just go with whatever's in my fridge. Uh, like I always have a thirty, just like just because I always have a thirty in the house. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm like, these are you know, you can grab six of them, throw them in your bag, go to the movies. Yeah. And last but not least, what's the greatest lesson you've learned in food? Um, don't be scared to try something, and yeah. that that rings from both sides like eating it and cooking something. Don't be scared to just give cooking something a shot. Like even if you fuck it up, you're going to do it. Have a backup contingency plan, you know, keep a yeah. keep a bag of pizza rolls in the freezer, but like 
give it a <laughs> shot anyways. Like, yeah. you know, try to make it. Maybe you'll make something you like. Maybe you make something you don't. But, like, it, as long as you're not going to be hungry that night, like, give it a shot. So. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, definitely, you know, I mean, the just try something. Like, that's, you know, pretty – that's a pretty, you know, standard as far – you know, like – great rule for people but yeah, for people true. that but no but i mean but it's still i mean it's you know what everyone should be doing like what's the worst that's gonna happen you know just like just you yeah know. you're not gonna like, die from trying a food a different food so yeah and then but then i do one of my favorite things is to you know go out to eat and then i have something i'm like oh i'm gonna try to cook that at home exactly so and you learn something you get some new spices you learn you, you need some new kitchen utensils i like the whole play of it like you know we, we have like all these goofy utensils in my house it'll be like indian style ladles or like you know what i mean like you start adding all of these things that you're like this makes this easier and then you have like a whole gambit of things that you need for every type of cuisine too i love like i love kitchen culture in general but i love like specific tools like that's just one of my favorite like just (laughs) that's just something i nerd out on like oh Oh, same does exactly yeah, we I have like want, yeah. I, I buy all of these like little things for Rachel whenever I can. I'm like, oh, like I have a gnocchi roller, okay, <laughs> and like that thing is just like you don't use it all the time, but when you go to make gnocchi, you're like, this is exactly what I need in this moment. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah, I like the uber uber specific tools, not the like multi gadget ones, but like one that you're like, this is, does exactly what it needs to do right at this moment. Yeah. So, I can't wait to have, like, my own place, and I would love to just make, like, a custom, like, kitchen that every, you know, just, like, ultimate drawer and, like, cabinet space, and I just want, like, you know, like, the perf. I want that, like, the cliche, like, the pots, like, hanging down. I just want everything to be pretty, like, except for the yes. stuff in the drawers, but there's enough drawer space, so that's, like, fine. <laughs> and, like, everything's not like I have one drawer right now that everyone's just, everything's, like, tossed into. So it's just, like, you're searching for something it's, sometimes. It's the greatest but, thing like, that happened to us when we bought our house is, like, I have, like, ample kitchen space and, like, lots of counter space. And, awesome. and places to put all of this kind of shit. And then, like, I go through and buy new things. Like, I bought Rachel a set of all-clad copper pots and pans. Like, I just got, like, drunk Ooh. and angry. And I was, like, I'm fucking tossing all of our pots and pans and buying all-clad ones. So, like, now we have, like, all of these sick you know, all clad pans and they're just like indestructible. And like, this is the kind of shit that I love doing now that I have space for it in a house. So. Awesome. I just saw yesterday. There's like these limited edition. I forget what companies are really famous. La said. Yeah. Yep. I saw them. Yeah. And they have like, it's all star Wars ones and they have like the tattooing sunset, like Dutch oven. That's like yeah. $900. And I'm like, I, oh God, the t- I tweeted about it and so I tagged expensive. Mark Hamill and I said Mark, <laughs> I said Mark Hamill. I'm like, you know, something along the lines of like, I know you got that Luke Skywalker money. I'll cook anything <laughs> you want anytime. Like, help me out. Help, you know. Oh, the locker set ones are so good. I'm, I'm a big like pots and pans and kitchen shit nerd. So yeah, I'm a huge fan. Awesome. Well, Joe too, you, 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 you were just on foodie films. I'm glad well, we finally made it happen. I'm glad we finally made it happen too. I hope it, I, I, hope that that worked out good for you because i had a fun time so it was just as the mo- it was delightful good i'm glad man yeah i had a blast uh, i'm glad to hear that please please right now uh plug away you're, you're you know part of so many shows and just whatever you'd like to share yeah, with the yeah, yeah. fans out there um if you want to hear me anymore 
probably not hopefully maybe um you can find me at cageclub.me um you can check out our never ending project of too fast too forever where we just bullshit a lot like this um with the scope of fast and furious movies in the background um but it's you know a lot of nonsensical bullshit uh that you can find our Facebook on facebook.com backslash too fast too forever. Find us on Twitter at too fast too forever. Um, send us a message anywhere there. You can always talk to us. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. It's awesome. Yeah, love the shows. I love Thanks, having brother. you on. Uh, we have a little catchphrase it's, uh, that we end every episode with. It's there's more to cut. So if you don't mind saying that to the listeners, there's more to cut. Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy And I feel like I'm loving you Love you such a sweet thing, good enough to